Today, I've got Dr. Sam Grover on the podcast. Not only is she a soil scientist and lecturer and a leader of the Soil Atmosphere Anthroposphere Lab at RMIT, but she is such a treat to talk to. Hearing how passionate she is about composting and her research in that made me want to start experimenting with composting myself. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Sam as much as I did. Hi Sam, thanks for taking the time to chat today. How are you going? I'm well, thanks Lauren, and it's a pleasure because I'm really interested in the topic that you're working on. Fantastic, it's good to hear. Now, I do usually start this off with just getting people to tell me a bit about themselves and what they do. So what is it that you do? Sure, so I am a soil scientist and I'm also a lecturer at RMIT University. So I do both research and teaching on the soil plant atmosphere continuum. And you might wonder how that intersects with plastic. Um, And I guess my interest in this topic comes initially from a personal perspective, not from my research. So Mm -hmm. I've really been working on um, soil carbon and how we can get soil um, to store some of that excess carbon that we've been putting into the atmosphere. So that's really been my focus more than a contaminated land or soil pollution kind of perspective. But in my personal life, I'm all interested in all different aspects of environmental sustainability. And so I guess since I was at uni, I've been like part of food co-ops where you get your food in bulk and where you can go in and, you know, bring your own containers and not use plastic. And that's been a like growing up and down kind of journey in different parts of my life. Um, And it's really both scary and fantastic to see how widespread that interest in reducing plastic waste has become because, of course, every single piece of plastic that anyone has ever dropped since I started thinking about it it was actually in high school when I got involved in um, one of those Clean Up the Beach initiatives set up the environment committee at my school and we went down and picked up plastic straws off the beach and you know those couple of hundred plastic straws that we picked up are now in landfill but there's just millions and millions and millions of more plastic straws on every beach around the world now because that's multiplying yeah it's one of those major problems it absolutely is yeah i remember being quite shocked a couple of years ago maybe four years ago down in antarctica um where some other scientists said to me that they thought that plastic pollution was actually a bigger problem, a bigger threat to humanity than climate change. Really? What? And at the time I was kind of like a bit like, I don't know about that. But in the time between now and then, I've come to see how they're linked, how plastic pollution is actually intimately connected with climate change because of all the fossil fuels that we use to make and distribute plastics um, and other things that I'm not an expert on, um, but also just the immediacy, you know, the 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 all of that plastic waste. It, I I, in my experience, because plastic is quite long lived, it hasn't become a big problem in terms of soil getting into soil at at a big scale because plastic needs to break down to be yeah. an issue in the soil, whereas. It's, it's intact, it's light, it floats, it moves around on air and water, so it's much more of a marine problem at the moment and a biodiversity problem in terms of all the marine animals, birds and animals eating it. Um, mm. The soil problem 
I guess, is starting to emerge, as you heard in the soil biology component of the course. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were talking a bit about some of the conscious changes that you've sort of made in your life, so bringing those containers out with you and stuff like that. Could you touch on a bit more about what other changes you might have made? Like I assume you'd be composting and things like that. Yeah, so I, 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 I have been just um, kind of composting as a leisure or, you know, waste reduction thing in my household for, well, since I was a child, since I was at home, I guess my, my parents did that just a little bit. Um, but I've recently got more interested and more involved in the science of composting because I'm doing some research. Um, okay. With an industry partner and with uh, Melbourne Food Hub down in Elphington. Uh, and have a fantastic researcher, Sally Harrison, working with me. And we're actually running some experiments on how to make better and quicker compost. Um, oh, and that has really helped me to not just throw my kitchen waste out the back in that big black bin, but to think about the mix. And Lauren, what I find really exciting about this is that I'm able to put not just my food waste, but you know, the theory with composting is that you balance the green and the brown material. And so yeah. what I'm doing is putting my food waste in, but I don't have a lot of like leaves or, you know, um, yeah, brown material. And so what I've been doing is adding all of my, what would otherwise go into the recycling or my paper and cardboard. And that's been working? Yeah. Yeah. Just really? super fantastically well, making better compost than I ever have before. And it's, I mean, I love recycling. Don't get me wrong, I'm all into recycling. But if you can reuse those nutrients and put them into the soil rather than, you know, shipping them off a really long way and using fossil fuels to drive them and another paper plant to, you know, make them into paper again, I think you've got a, yeah, you've, you've got a better solution yeah. if you deal with the waste on site. Yeah, that sounds like an excellent way of just reducing that waste. And I guess that's very much towards that zero waste movement that we're talking about. Yeah. COVID has been really challenging for me because I have been quite, uh, I think it would be fair to say, anal about not getting takeaway stuff up until yeah. up until COVID. But now I don't want all my local businesses to go out of business. Yeah. So, so I have been supporting cafes and restaurants by getting takeaway and then I'm get, generating all this waste. Yeah. But I am able to rip up all those paper bags and cardboard containers where I live, they're often not in plastic. They are often in those um, paper and cardboard ones. And I put in the compost. Oh, that's fantastic. So yeah. I guess that's, I guess, a lot less going in your recycling bin and a lot less going out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, it's still better to take your own container, to get your own container filled up. Um, yeah. And we do, we do do that, particularly at the sushi place. <laughs> yes, yes. I just did that today. I asked for a little paper bag instead of getting the plastic containers. I find myself doing that a lot. Yep. Just even these little changes make a big difference. Exactly. And it just becomes, it's a small change, but then it becomes normal. Then you can do another small change. It becomes normal. Yeah. yeah. And we wash, you know, the snaplock bags. Yeah. Snaplock bags. We wash them and reuse them. Oh, and Fantastic. I I've just been doing that for so long because the share houses that I lived in as a student do that, that I just think it's normal. And when I yeah. see people like putting them in the bin, I'm like, why would you put that in the bin? You've only used it once. <laughs> They're such good yeah. bags. 
Yeah, I've noticed when I see people like getting takeaway coffee or something, because I've got a little keep cup and I see someone doing that and I'm like, why? Like, it would just be so much easier just to either sit down and have it or just, you know, take a keep cup. Yeah. And in some places offer a discount if you've got the keep cup as well, so you're saving money in the long run. And, you know, it's just a more sustainable thing to do, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I noticed, what is it? I got a, um, a brand of coffee, like little capsule ones. Initially, they're all made of plastic and stuff, but I don't know what this one is. It's a, It apparently is compostable. So once I'm done with it, I just can take out the coffee inside of it and put it in the compost, the actual pod. Oh. I'm not sure if you've heard of them before, whether you've... I haven't. Oh, I haven't. Yeah. I'm just using the coffee grounds without the capsule thing but yeah okay. if there's one that you can put in the race arc in the compost that's awesome okay i wasn't sure whether you knew much about um i guess plastic alternatives that may be compostable and i think that's like that's totally the way forward isn't it because it's so it is really useful to have like plastic such an amazing product it, it's so useful um and often we we do want to have something that will contain things and you know isn't super heavy but I, and i think there's so many plant-based like 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 plastics but not plastics plant-based yeah. products that are coming out um and that the general public couldn't tell the difference um i put the there's an episode of mothers of invention which is a podcast um that i include in the atmosphere subject yeah. that I teach because it's all about different climate change solutions, feminist climate change solutions. And one of them is about these two young women in kind of industrial design space who came up with a, a plant-based straw and then other food packaging. And, you know, oh, wow. Right. That's cool. I, I think, actually, I think there's, you can actually eat it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Good. I that. Eat your straw after you <laughs> drink. I that's one way to cut down on waste for sure. <laughs> Use it and eat it. That, I mean, if it works. No, that's cool. Um, so I was wondering if you were to just completely eliminate plastic from your life, do you think this would be an easy task for you, or are you pretty reliant on plastic? It, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that you asked that question because I guess and I mentioned before it's been like a different um, journey, a different part of my life. So now with two small children, I think it would be a lot harder than when I was a single person. Um, yeah. Not impossible, but yeah, there's so much more plastic crap in my house than I would ever have imagined possible. I can imagine. <laughs> I have a two-year-old sister. Oh, three. She's three now. Yeah. And oh my gosh, the amount of toys and like all of that. And, yeah. Like, when they're really little, you can just give them all like wooden toys, metal yeah. toys. But as they get older. Yeah. Those right. things break, you know, they get lost. You've got to keep buying them and they're expensive and plastic sort of the cheaper option, I guess, when you've got kids. Yeah. And once they start to, you know, demand and want and have their own pocket money and buy their, you know, stupid yep. little plastic things that their friends have. Yeah. Oh, especially when other kids have it, it's kind of like a, you know, I want that, and it's it's kind of hard to say no when they're that little. Yeah. yeah. So I guess with having kids and everything, plastic, uh, getting rid of plastic completely out of your life isn't really an option. 
So I was wondering whether you think it would be more of an industry change or whether you think, um, I guess, individual change is more feasible in, like, uh, let's say gross. We, def- we definitely need both. Yeah. We need, we need individual change and we need individuals pressuring the government to legislate, to make regulations um, so that there can be industry um, industry change as well. And, yeah, I guess what I try and talk to my kids about is that plastic's not bad. Plastic's good. Plastic's great. It's single-use yeah. plastic. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, plastic plays really important role in, I don't know, medical things, in lots of different things, and it, but it's... When we just when we don't use it to its full potential, we don't when we use it in a disposable way that it's a problem. And we've gotten yeah. we've gotten much more into my mum is really she picks up three pieces of rubbish every day. Um, so I've been trying to you know help the kids and, and engage with the kids about that we pick up some rubbish every time we go to the park. Oh, that's really good. I remember doing that as a kid as well. Like you get, I think we'd have school cleanup days and you'd go around yeah. picking up rubbish except it was just one day so it was kind of exactly. like exactly yeah. but it's there every day and yeah just a couple of pieces just yeah helps people think about yeah that's it's everyone's responsibility like the oceans are all of our responsibility the rivers are all of our responsibility i've been walking along the mary creek a little bit during lockdown because it's within my five k's and mm-hmm. you know there's as much plastic there as any third world country river. There's so much plastic in our local local waterways that we just don't notice. Do you see them doing cleanups often or is it just kind of left? Uh, I mean, I, I, I've been involved in cleanups. There's none happening at the moment, right? Because you can't gather as a group. <laughs> but like you say, it does tend to be like a day, a special day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it needs to be every day. Yeah, they definitely need to make it more often. I guess they're not really, they may not have the resources to do that or, you know, I guess they've sort of made it like it's a special thing that people do, not a you have to take care more. It's kind of like, mm. it's not that bad, we'll just do it every so often type of thing. Yeah. Not really the best attitude towards it all. Not at the moment. May improve. Um. I think that's. I think you've pretty much answered most of my questions that have uh, gone that I've got here. So, I guess my last question is: What would you say to encourage future generations to remain hopeful towards the future? It's a bit of a tough one. <laughs> I think I'm a very optimistic person, and. I think hope is something that we choose. We actively choose to be hopeful in the face of difficult situation because you can create the future that you that you want. Hmm. And we're doing that now, Lauren. Yes, we are. We're getting onto it. You know, by sharing individual stories. Hmm. Um, I think it does inspire other people to change and by recognising that we need both that individual and, you know, institutional government level change. It needs to come from both, from top down and from bottom up. Yeah. So I think it's not, I think when people say, you know, young people are the future and, you know, you've got to save the environment, that's not the right message. It's, it's, that, that's, I think, 
yeah, I mean, everyone needs to work together. And often, I think the generation, maybe the generation above me, the people who are like retiring now and empower institutionally now can be influenced more by the young people in their lives. Mm. Yeah, it definitely, definitely the older generation now, I feel like they're a bit unsure about what's happening, I guess. And I know some of them, uh, I guess some people in my family have been like, well, what's the point of contributing to the future that I'm not going to be a part of? And I guess then I've got other people in my family that have gone, no, I want to help out and I want to make the changes and do all this. So I guess it is about the younger generations teaching the older generations what it, what is going on and encouraging them as to why exactly. it yeah. yeah. And everyone can leave a legacy. You can think about your legacy at any age. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, traditionally we have, you know, old wise people teaching down. That model's not working. What they've been teaching was the best they could come up with, but it hasn't worked for the earth or for people. And it's, you know, time to reverse things and listen and, and learn from younger people. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Oh, thank you very much, Sam. I really enjoyed chatting to you today. And thank you again for taking the time. It's such a pleasure, Lauren. And I really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about, you know, that's kind of my extracurricular interest. Not directly what I speak to my courses, so. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, thank you very much again. Thanks for reaching out.